What up, what up, what up? Alright, so there's a lot going on. Oh, um, the show's still coming and the book's still coming, so I know y'all been wondering. Still coming. Um, but there's been a lot going on in the news. There's been a lot going on in the news. Um, for one, a Mississippi news anchor is off the air after refusing a coronavirus vaccine. So yes, some people are actually losing their job for not getting the vaccine. It says, Megan Gray signed off her Thursday morning news show with a cryptic announcement from the desk of W. Locks News in Biloxi, Mississippi, where she had a co-anchored Good Morning Mississippi for 14 years. She said she wanted to just take a little moment and let you know that I honestly do not know what the future holds for me as far as my career here. The next day, she was off the show, and she took to Facebook to explain why. She lost her job after refusing to be vaccinated for the coronavirus as required by her station's parent company, Gray Television. In my opinion, a forced decision to decide between a vaccination and the livelihood of an individual is a dangerous precedent, wrote Gray who's 40 years old, who did not immediately respond to a request for a comment. Mm -hmm. It says she was, it's not clear whether she left the station or was fired, but yeah, man. So I've been hearing a lot about different stuff like this. Um, in the NBA, I think they said 90% of the NBA players have been vaccinated. But it's like, it's one star player, um, Kyrie Irvin. Kyrie Irvin, I think he hasn't been vaccinated yet. And so that's kind of caused a little uproar. And they talking about he might miss some games. Because like in New York, you can't play if you're not vaccinated. So he can't play at his home games from my understanding. So... That is something that is happening. Um, 
So yeah. Uh, something else that has happened. Um, so, a hospital is the perfect. This is something I'm reading on Washington Post, by the way. But basically, a nurse was hiding at a hospital. He was working for the hospital as a nurse, but he he was also a serial killer. Did y'all hear me? <laughs> Sound like a movie. He was a serial killer. A hospital is the perfect place for a serial killer to hide. Texas nurse killed four patients, prosecutors allege. William George Davis, modest um, operanda, was simple. The East Texas nurse would inconspicuously go into patients' rooms, inject air into their arteries, and slip out before any other night staff noticed. Prosecutors allege. Moments later, the patient would code. Four people died after experiencing seizure-like symptoms, according to court documents. It turns out a hospital is the perfect place for serial killers to hide. Smith County District Attorney Jacob um, Putnam said in his opening arguments, according to the Associated Press. Davis, 37, has pleaded not guilty to charges of capital murder and aggregated uh, assault. His trial in Tyler, Texas, began on Tuesday. Davis' lawyer... Philip Hayes said in court that his client was in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> so, yeah. I swear that sounds something like a movie. It really does. Um, so, yeah, man. Um, Facebook had an outage um, not too long ago. It's been a couple of days, but basically a lot of people went crazy too. Like they didn't know what to do with Facebook. Um, basically went down, but Facebook also had a whistleblower. Um, let me see. Her name is Frances Hagen or Hagen. Hagen. She has a foreign, it sounds foreign, um, last name. Um, Facebook is no stranger to, on Capitol Hill. Its executives have repeatedly been hauled into for hearings amid the social media giant's various scandals, as have other experts on the company. But Tuesday's hearing stood out for the strong performance of witness Francis Hodgen. <laughs> Sorry if I'm uh, saying her name wrong. The former Facebook employee turned whistleblower detailed to the Senate submitted subcommittee on consumer protection. Product safety and data security has vast knowledge of the um, internal workings of the company through both her previous work and the thousands of pages of internal documents she reviewed and showed with lawmakers. And she explained the technical workings of Facebook's platforms in a polished and uncomplicated way, citing real-world examples of the harms they can cause. And basically, I thought she was exposing that the Facebook platform can cause issues to children, I think. Um, let me see. Uh, Facebook products harm children, stoke division, and weaken our democracy, and put profit over moral responsibility, she told lawmakers. Um, 
I don't know about leaking out democracy and stoke division. I would say it kind of exposed the truth, actually. Um, so there's a lot of people that try to say social media causes what it might actually harm. Like, I could see it like harming, you know, women because of they trying to be Instagram models and they look at other women that looks they might think a little better than them. I could see that being an issue. But far as like the political stuff and I mean we already had issues way before Facebook. It just kind of exposed a lot of stuff that was already here in America. Um that's what I would say, right? Um I'm sure other people have their own opinions, you know. But I think just tech, right? It shows truth like People really didn't realize that black people were being murdered or some black people were being murdered, you know, um, with police brutality. Like some people didn't realize that was going on. Um, so, yeah, man. Um, so I don't completely agree with everything she just said. Now. Although Hogan was highly critical of Facebook, she was constructive and even hopeful. These problems are solvable. A safer free speech, respecting more enjoyable social media is possible. Facebook can change, but it's clearly not going to do on its own. Congress can change the rules that Facebook plays by and stop the many harms it is causing. Don't Facebook already got like a, a overboard or something like that? Like a board that watches their every move or something like that. Um... They got some like that over there. A hearing came as Facebook is already facing growing regulatory scrutiny and calls to break up the company. Indeed, criticism of the company is a rare point of bipartisan agreement among lawmakers, and her testimony this week may only add to the consensus that Facebook needs to be reined in with legislation. Mm -hmm. So basically... She's with the group of people that that want Facebook broken up. Um, there's like a lot of the tech giants, a lot of people kind of want them to be broken up, like Google, Facebook, um, Amazon. That'll probably happen in the future, especially if they get any bigger. Um, both, just about those three companies I just named, they control a lot. Um, and I know a lot of black people, like the black creators on a lot of these platforms are like angry because they say, from my understanding, I hear, uh, black creators, they're not getting, or they're being discriminated against from my understanding. So, yeah. Um, Hogan's testimony was clearly persuasive to members of the subcommittee who repeatedly praised her as a hero and vowed to try to protect her from potential retribution by Facebook. They made it clear that they would like to have her back to further testimony and possibly bring in Zuckerberg for a hearing of his own to respond. You are 21st century American hero, Senator Ed Murky told her. Our nation owes you a huge debt of gratitude for the courage you're showing here today. Okay, um, let me see. 
unlike some Facebook executives who have testified before Congress, Hogan didn't appear to withhold information in hopes of protecting <clears throat> protecting the company's reputation. And unlike Christopher Wally, the former Cambridge Analytical data analyst who blew the whistle on Facebook's Cambridge Analytica scandal. Hogan was able to draw an experience working within Facebook. Moreover, while Hogan was working to fix Facebook's issues as a member of its civic integrity team, while he had been directly involved in a problematic work Cambridge Analytica did using Facebook's data. In explaining and criticizing how Facebook platforms work, Hogan brought to bear her extensive background working in tech after studying electrical and computer engineering, followed by an MBA at Harvard. Hogan worked at multiple tech firms before Facebook, including Google, Pinterest, Yelp, and the dating app Hinge. She specialized in algorithm, algorithmic, <laughs> twister, sorry about that, people, um, algorithmic product management and has worked on several ranking algorithms similar to the one Facebook uses to organize its main news feed, she said in her testimony. I would like to look at their algorithms, right? Because a lot of people say their algorithms discriminate against people of color. Well, really, probably just black people. But anyway, I'm not going to get into that. I think Facebook, at least they, I seen somewhere they was trying because they was actually giving out grants to um, people of color. So I'm not going to attack Facebook. Uh, let me see what else we got. Hogan made specific recommendations for how Facebook might alter its platforms or how regulators might create laws to force it to do so, including moving away from algorithms that rank content based on engagement and popularity-based measures such as likes and comments from Instagram. I wonder if Facebook going to give out grants this year, because that was last year they gave out grants. Um, hopefully they will. Um, I think... A lot of these companies should help out um, the black community, right? Especially since a lot of these big companies aren't hiring black people, you know. So why not um, help out the black community? Anyway. It was refreshing to veer away from the usual grandstanding that comes from more adversarial Facebook-related hearings, which usually devolve into debates over censorship, bias, and misinformation, rather than focus on conflict over how Facebook should handle different types of co content. Hogan drilled down on the algorithms that surface that content and how they work. Uh-huh. This is a long-ass article. <laughs> Sorry, people. I don't usually curse. This is a long, this thing is long. Mm -hmm. I was just looking at how long it is, people. Um, Facebook made repeated attempts to discredit Hogan before, doing, and after her testimony. Facebook spokesperson Andy Stone said on Twitter during a hearing, just pointing out the fact that Francis Hogan did not work on child safety or Instagram or research these issues and has no direct knowledge of the topic from her work at Facebook. 
The company statements following their hearing also tried to portray her as an employee with little tenure, no direct reports, or high-level involvement. And said she testified concerning a subject with which she had no involvement. And by the way, I said Facebook don't hire. All right, what did I say? A lot of companies don't hire um, black people. I'm sure they might hire one or two, but the majority, right? Like, the, like y'all have all this capital, and black businesses need capital, right? They're struggling to get capital. So that's like the issue I was pertaining to. Um, Monica Bickert, Facebook's head of global policy management, said in an interview with CNN after the hearing that there were mischaracterizations of the documents Hogan referenced during the hearing, calling them stolen documents. And late Tuesday, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg posted a 1,316-word statement to his Facebook page criticizing the testimony. Zuckerberg said he believed the testimony overall created a false picture of the company and also said tech companies should build experiences that meet the needs of young people while also keeping them safe. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me repeat that one more time. So Zuckerberg said tech companies should build experiences that meet the needs of young people while also keeping them safe. That's what this article says. Hojin herself repeatedly acknowledged during her testimony that she did not work directly on child safety issues and instead only cited information she learned from Facebook on internal research documents which she said were freely available to anyone in the company. Hogan also admitted when questions were outside of the scope of knowledge and declined to answer them. Facebook early efforts to snub. Hogan did not impress those inside the hearing. Senator Marshall Blackburn called out Stone's tweet during the hearing saying, if Facebook wants to discuss their targeting of children, if they want to discuss their practices, privacy violations, or violations of the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. I am extending you an invitation to step forward, be sworn in, and testify before this committee. Mm -hmm. So, Facebook is on the hot seat. Facebook's been on the hot seat a couple times now. Um, let me see what else we got. Senator Richard Blumenthal said he found Hogan's remarks compelling and credible. Um, Blumenthal said Francis wants to fix Facebook, not burn it to the ground. She said she was there because she believed Facebook had great potential for good. Mm-hmm. 
interesting, interesting, interesting. Um, so something else to know that same day look like Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp went down for a lot of users, right? Um, which was interesting. Facebook and his family apps were inaccessible for about two hours on Friday afternoon, the second time in a week that the social network experienced widespread problems with its services. Um, just after 5 p.m. Eastern time, Facebook said it had fixed the issue, which had affected people around the world. The social network said the outages was caused by a configuration change which typically refers to adjustments in the company's underlying technical infrastructure, but it did not provide further detail. So it wasn't a data breach, it seems. And a lot of businesses run on Facebook, right? So if, if Facebook actually ever went down, there's a lot of businesses that would have some real issues Just stating a few facts. Um, <clears throat> something else I found. There was a guy, right? So this is different. This is a different guy from the nurse, right? Because there was a nurse in Texas that was killing people. Now... There's a judge that just sentenced a serial killer who lured women on dating apps to 116 years in prison. And it seems to be a black dude. Kali Willer Weaver sat silently in a courtroom with his hands clasped on his lap, wearing a blue bottom-up shirt and khaki pants. The 25-year-old looked forward as a woman he lured, strangled, bound, and raped. In 2016, told the New Jersey judge why the man at the table next to her should spend the rest of his life in prison. So it looked like one of the women, one of the women survived. My whole life is different. Tiffany Taylor, the victim, told the judge. According to the Associated Press, I don't wear makeup anymore. I don't have friends. I'm always paranoid, but I'm happy to still be here. I hope you don't show him any remorse because he's not showing any remorse. Taylor, who managed to escape the November 2016 attack, is Willers Weaver's only known living victim. From September to December of that year, the then 20-year-old man brutally raped and murdered three women. On Wednesday, a New Jersey Superior Court judge sentenced him to 160 years in prison. Mm -hmm. Okay. So women, be careful on these dating apps. It's the perfect place where a serial killer or just somebody that's just not all the way there could be on. <laughs> so play, pay very close attention. Um, 
so much going on, man. Just so much going on. And, like, I've been hearing a lot of older black men trying to, like, they're bringing up dating relationships. And, like, they're kind of, like, talking about marriage a lot, which is cool, you know. A lot of people are talking about while our generation aren't getting married like that. And it's like, things are just different now. It's extremely different, right? And like, for instance, like women nowadays, it's more about money than anything else. Back in the day, actually, then used to be like that. It was like, it was like more... Like, some women would be down with you, and then it was some women uh, was looking for money, but it was, like, more than just women looking for money. Some women was actually helping you build. So that's how it was back in the day. But things are a little bit different now. And so a lot of older guys are like, women should get married. And uh, I've been hearing a lot of different stuff, man. But I'm not going to get into that. At least not on this show. This ain't that type of show. But moving on. 18 former NBA players charged with defrauding the league benefits program of nearly $4 million. Federal prosecutors have charged 18 former NBA players with defrauding the league's health and welfare benefit plan of nearly $4 million by submitting false medical and dental claims for reimbursement according to an indictment made public Thursday. Mm-hmm. Sounds sort of like that. Uh, I know the NFL has like a fund for injured players. Um, but from my understanding with the NFL, a lot of the black players are claiming they're discriminating against them. So my question to black men, is it worth it? Is it worth it to be in the NFL? Because you're catching CTE. You're being injured. Um, from my understanding, my lo- some of the players are catching memory loss. Um, then the NFL doesn't seem to be wanting to give you the money. So is it worth it? the type of women that you're coming in contact with. I know you recognize the type of women that you're coming in contact with. So my question is, is it worth it? Anyway, moving on. I'm on the players charged with former Austin Celtics forward, Glenn Big Baby Davis, former Portland Trailblazers guard, Sebastian Telfair. I remember him. I remember both of them players actually and Terrence Williams, an alleged orchestrator of the scheme who played for several teams before ending his NBA career in 2013. According to prosecutors, the stolen funds were drawn from a health reimbursement account that NBA teams contributed to and is generally accessible to current and former players with at least three years tenure. Uh huh. 
Okay, a hospital system says it will deny transplants to the unvaccinated in almost all situations. So a Colorado-based health system says it's denying ooh, organ transplants to patients not vaccinated against the coronavirus. In almost all situations, citing studies that show these patients are more much more likely to die if they get COVID-19. Uh-huh. Okay. Interesting. Uh, what else? What else is going on? They got pills coming out for the coronavirus, if you haven't heard. Um, I think it's the company's called Merck. Uh, that's something to be aware of. Uh, yeah, American company. So, yeah, man. I uh, and it's supposed to be a pill that basically supposed to uh protect you from dying and getting the severe symptoms, from my understanding. Um, I'm pretty sure some people would take the pill over the shot, most likely. Um, but I still suspect a lot of people, we just don't, a lot of people just don't trust the government. Simple as that. There's, I mean, there's been just so much damage done, so. Uh, Something else I just seen. Alabama taxpayers fund a Confederate memorial while black historic sites struggle. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it says the state's Confederate Memorial Park is a sparling complex home to a small museum and two well-manicured cemeteries with a neat rows of headstones for hundreds of Confederate veterans. The museum, which director Calvin Chappelle said has about 30,000 visitors a year, seeks to tell an impartial history of the Civil War. Uh-huh. Uh, let me see. Oh, uh, blah, blah. The only hope to save his economic position, the exhibit quotes a former state governor as saying was for us. The Pandoria Papers is an investigation based on more than 11.9 million documents revealing the flows of money, property, and other assets concealed in the offshore financial system. The Washington Post and other news organizations exposed the involvement of political leaders, examined the growth of the industry within the United States, and demonstrated how secrecy shields assets from governments, creditors, and those abused or exploited by the wealthy and powerful. The trove of confidential information, the largest of its kind, was obtained by the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists, which organized the investigation. 
Right, right. So the investigation was organized by the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists. So basically, it's just a story. The Pandora Papers is telling you how they shield their money. And I've heard they actually got a, um, a place in America, and I think it's in Idaho, if I'm not mistaken, where they pit their money to shield from taxes, which is interesting. I didn't know we had one in America. <laughs> I think they call them tax havens. Yeah. But, yeah, so we do. Uh, let me see. Man, so much going on. So much going on. Uh, anyway, I'm going to cut this short. I got to dip. But, uh... I will talk to y'all next time on the outlet.